Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a five-star review as well. My name is Ramon Chavez. I'm super happy to be here. And alongside me is my partner, Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? I'm just filled with the dread of the fact that, you know, just knowing that Albuquerque is around the corner, it's... You love it. You love it. Green Chili Devils... Breaking Bad, that's all I got for New Mexico. So, maybe some other stuff, but no, <laughs> it's going to be a good time over there in New Mexico, I'm sure, Owen. Uh, and I do want to shout out all of our viewers right now on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. We always appreciate you. And I also want to shout out our producer, Emma. Thank you so much for helping us out and for not being in the broadcast because last time she was still with us. I'm just kidding. We appreciate you, Emma. Um it's going to be a good time. A uh, lot to talk about, of course. Uh, Rising will be visiting New Mexico on Saturday, playing over there against New Mexico United. It'll be a great game. So we're going to be breaking down uh, what's going to happen over there. Um, we're going to kind of try to preview what the lineup's going to look like. There's a lot of injuries, a lot of suspension. So uh, not a lot, but there's, some, there's a suspension. So we'll see what happens there. And also reviewing some USL action that happened yesterday. Some pretty good games, Owen. Did you watch any of them? I did catch a few, yeah, in the background. There's quite a bit going on there and some really surprising results as well, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, we got some breaking news about a team here in the Valley uh, that is in a little bit of hot water. Is that is that right, Owen? Yeah, a team that we saw earlier this season, actually, in the Open Cup, and it's Valley United. Uh, I'm sure we'll definitely have a bit of interesting discussion over that one later yeah yeah we definitely gotta touch on that so um yeah let's just go ahead and get started owen um rising at new mexico uh rising has faced new mexico twice this season beating them in both occasions um if you guys can remember um the first time was a 1-0 victory greg hurst goal and then the second one was in the u.s open cup again at home and uh in that time greg hurst came away uh, the you know he was the, basically the hero of that game too because he was able to score an extra time with a great header. So since then, New Mexico, uh, I wouldn't call them that. I wouldn't say that they're doing really bad, but I don't think they've been playing really well either. Uh, their last result since then, one uh, zero loss to San Antonio tie. Um, after that, and then San Diego loyal as well another tie, and then they just got a victory uh, against Charleston Battery, uh, in which is. Their first win since March 19th. So a very long time since their first win, since uh, they got another win. So, Owen, with all this kind of stuff in the background, how are you feeling uh, heading into this New Mexico matchup? I think it's going to be a difficult one. And it was a difficult one at home as well. Let's look. Did did Rising win the two games? Yes. But -hmm. let's not pretend that they won those games convincingly. Let's not pretend that there was a, you know, real... uh, 
easy route to three points and to the next round of the mm-hmm. cup in those games. They were hard fought battles and, and rising actually, you know, you know, it, it, they're both one goal games in the end, a one nil game. The second game we thought was probably going to go into extra time in the end. Greg Hurst gets that second half winner, but it, they weren't easy games. And I don't think that we're going to have an easy game to look forward to on Saturday either, because Rising is coming in struggling. Now, of course, it's sometimes easier to get yourself up for these kind of rivalry games when you've been struggling, when you're looking for motivation. And yet the problem that they've got, though, is that they're doing that. They've now got to find that going away from home to what is likely going to be a fairly full Isotopes Park on a pretty poor playing surface with the whole baseball field kind of stuff that they've got going on over there. And, of course, they're doing so knowing that they've still got some of those injury problems and suspension problems. In fact, in this one, having a centre-back suspended, first time we've seen a centre-back suspended this year. And that's going to be a problem because Rising is low on centre-backs at the moment. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult in some ways, this game. Yeah, definitely. Never easy playing New Mexico, United. Uh, and like you were saying, those those games, even though Rising was able to get those victories, they were hard-fought games. We saw the physicality in both of those games. And like how Pat's saying in the comments right now, without Ben Lunt uh, during the first game, Rising probably uh, would have lost that game. So definitely some big uh, performances there from Ben Lunt. And, of course, Greg Hurst. Now, uh, Greg Hurst, you know, I, I know Calistri is, is the New Mexico killer, but Greg Hurst has been having a great time against them. Do you think this is a game where he'll step up once again, or is he going to be a little bit more targeted by the New Mexico defense just because of his performance against them? I think that he's definitely got himself as a a bit of a target on his back there. Um, look, in terms of stepping up, I think that, yes, the last game wasn't his best, but I don't think the service to him is very good. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, he's been putting in some pretty good performances throughout the season, I think Greg Hurst has. So I think that he is definitely capable of putting in another of those kind of performances. Of course, Joey Calistri, of course, is the other New Mexico killer. So I don't know. Between the two of them, we'll have to see. I mean, it's a difficult one, and it's difficult as well because now we have to talk about, okay, how is everyone else going to fit in here? Santi, of course, is his reference there by Michael in the chat. Santi is making his return to Albuquerque for the first time since he left that club, mm. uh, and he'll be going back there twice to Park for the first time since he was wearing the yellow of New Mexico United. Wouldn't it be great um, if he had his first goal of the season there? Like, I, I think that would be great. Like, just the, the story. The, the, the storyline, story yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really would. But at the same time, you know, I think that the kind of play that we saw from Santi in that last game, if he's looking in that same kind of way as he did in the last one, I don't see him getting the goals. He might get some assists in there, but I'm not sure that he gets the goals unless we start to see him cutting inside more. Because that's something that he wasn't doing, you know. It was... It wasn't that he had a bad game, and I know we we did this to death a little bit on Tuesday. It wasn't that he had a bad game. It's just that those kind of balls that he was putting in from from wide areas, you know, those, those lateral balls, they, they're good. They're setting up other people, but it's not the kind of dangerous play that we've come to expect him to be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you did get the chance, Owen, to speak to Rick, the head coach of Rising, about facing New Mexico for a third time uh, in a, basically a really short you know, amount of, uh, of time. So, uh, yeah, we got the video of that. Let's see what he had to say. 
It's frustrating at times. You don't you don't want to have to do it, but at the same time, you don't have to spend a ton of time doing tactical preparation. You kind of know what you're going to do. Uh, you know what to expect from the opposition, although that now that they've got Kalen Ryden back, they've changed a little bit. Um, they've been playing with a back four at times. They've been rotating into a diamond four and um, or a four four two, and so so I think they're. Um, a little bit like us in that they're trying to figure out their identity as well. So what I do know is they're going to be extremely motivated because they lost both games here, and I'm sure there's uh, payback is on their mind. And But, again, it doesn't matter who we were going to play this Saturday. We have to be better. Of course, just to add on to that, you know, Rick mentioned that Caelan Bryden uh, is back. Now there was an, another player who's back, although probably not available for selection already, but that is Devin mm-hmm. Sandoval. And, of course, you know, we wish him the best with you know, the heart issues he's had. It's good to see that he's back uh, playing professional football again, hopefully soon. Uh, but yeah, he had to step aside last season after they discovered a, a few blood clots around his heart. So it, it's good to see at least that he's managed to get himself back. Yeah, and, th- and that, uh, that news of uh, Sandoval just came out uh, earlier this week. So definitely... Uh, and I, w- and I was going to ask you about that. Do you think this is a boost for morale for that team? You know, he's he's a club legend, scored their first goal, um, not only in, in their history, but also in the playoffs, a big, huge name. Uh, so do you think this is a boost for morale for the players, knowing that he's he's coming back? I think it, it can be. Um, I mean, there's lots of things that go into that. You know, he he's a club legend. Just bear in mind always and let's be clear on this, I'm not suggesting that there's anything at play here, but the fact that someone's a club legend to the fans doesn't always mean that they are to their other players. For sure. And yeah. so, you know, making that kind of a leap sometimes can be a dangerous one. I think that in this case, though, it's someone who has been a proven goal scorer for them. And I think that he definitely does cause some problems. And he brings a kind of aggression to the game that's really helpful for them at times. Um so I think he he will be a good addition for them once he's back and, and fully fit and back in in games. But of course, I, I'm not personally expecting that we'll mm-hmm. see him this weekend. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Uh, another player to keep an eye on uh, is Nico Brett, who has four goals this season. And he just got the call up to the Jamaican national team, along with the former rising player, Junior Flemings. So who else besides Nico Brett? And I know he caused trouble in, in, in one of the games uh, that he played against Rising, but is there anybody else in that team that, you know, has been playing, a, you know, a little bit up to more form since their last meeting? I, you know, I, I feel like we can't really look past Nico Brett, to be honest. It's, mm. he is someone who will cause problems, real, real problems. And the way that Rising's defense is looking at the moment has me worried, seriously yeah. worried about that one with Nico Brett, because I just don't think that Rising has at the moment defensively the ability to keep out some of these guys if they're on form. That's what's worrying me at the moment. You look at the number of goals that have been conceded over recent weeks. You look at five goals against Tampa, two against Sacramento, three against LA Galaxy 2. That's not the kind of form that you want to go into if you're coming up against a striker who's who's starting to find his feet and he's, he's starting to get his goals. So, yeah, I think... I, I I'm I know you're looking for other people there, but I'm still just really I feel the need to to oh. emphasize the fact that Nico Brett is you know the guy that I think is really a concern there, and of yeah. course of course who can forget about Weehan as well? Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the stats here. Uh, Nico Brett leads the team in four goals. Harry Schwartz with three goals, um, and so yeah, I mean I'm it's, 
you know, it's probably obvious to, to the rising coaching staff, but if they're able to take care of Nico Brett, you know, it, it limits the options for New Mexico United, especially on those counters. So if they're able to, and I know they haven't this season, so it's easy for me to say it, but if they're able to, you know, at least slow them down a bit, they're, it's going to be an easier time for rising and their defense uh, when it comes to, mm-hmm. to the game. But I mean, to to those points of the other people that you you kind of wanted to talk about, you know, I think we do have to talk a bit about Chris Wheaton because it's a guy who's gotten it done for so long for them. Um, who they had to bring back last year after letting him go to Orange County and then realized halfway through the season that they they weren't quite the same team without him, were they? Um, yeah. And he he pulls a lot of the strings in the attack. He scored in their last game. I think that he again is someone who, even if you may not think he's you know, people may not rate him quite as much as say you you really rave over the the big star striker and even time. He's a guy who can really cause you some problems. So you've really got to keep an eye out of him on the defensive end. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um moving forward and, and talking about rising. So injuries have plagued the season. Uh it's it's you know, it's a big question mark every week coming in. Who's healthy, who's not, who's gonna be ready. So I know we talked about this on Tuesday a little bit, but any updates since then that you've heard of uh, I haven't heard so. anything as of yet, so it's it's tough. You know, they take these a lot of them day to day, especially now as you're getting close. And it, it also becomes a hard one whereby when you're playing at home, you've got that little bit more flexibility, right? Because mm-hmm. you can wait and see, is a guy going to be fit? Is he ready to go up until the day of the game to an extent? Yeah. But when you're dealing with away games, you're traveling the day before, you've got to know in advance who is ready and who's not. Well, at the moment, I haven't heard anything uh, James Musa, of course, was rumored to be. Oh, sorry, Rick Ted is um, back in training. Potential for this weekend, of course, it was yeah. he was questionable for last weekend, so we thought we might have seen him then. But we didn't. Yeah. Um, but being back at training doesn't necessarily mean like mm-hmm. he's getting fit. You know, he's been away for a yeah. very long. And time. we're not we're not expecting him to be fit enough to play ninety minutes yet as well, which of course causes problems. Because when Rising's dealing with that shortage of centre-backs, especially with, with Joe Farrell out suspended after his red card last week, mm-hmm. with several others in there, you know, I mean, Niall Dunn isn't able to play. Kev Lambert, who could play in that kind of a role, is out injured himself with a hamstring mm-hmm. issue. It, it's difficult, isn't it? It's Because there's not that many options now left. You've got Manuel Madrid. You've got Sivert Haugli. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I mean, you could put maybe Levin there. He played there a little bit in the preseason. Levin who could play there. Yeah. You've got, I feel like, am I forgetting someone? I've got to be forgetting someone in here. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, the options are limited for sure, especially with these injuries and and Farrell being out due to the suspension. I I know maybe at times you'll see Darnell King, but I don't think they'll they'll use that a lot um, at all this game i mean so mm-hmm. um now I, that think I am forgetting anyone i think it's That's it's it? such a low number you think i've got to be forgetting someone and i'm not imagine if Howley wasn't here <laughs> like that's the thing they, like, they would be in a real mess at this point because there's just not the numbers available defensively yeah. they've really been struck by these problems with injuries and especially you know i mean i think that the and we, you know we can get onto the formation and what we expect to see now yeah. i think any idea that they're going to play free at the back here even though they had success with it against New Mexico in those yep. games here is effectively out the window just because they don't have the personnel right now to do it. Yep. And if they do, it's kind of makeshift. I don't think you want to take that kind of risk. Mm-mm. You know, you, you look yep. at it, unless you're going to see someone like a Darnell King or a Ryan Flood in those kind of positions. But but even then, you know, these are guys who 
you expect to be more aggressive and have been pushed mm-hmm. to be more aggressive by Rick over the past few few seasons. So it's a difficult one to then turn to them and say, well, now you're actually the kind of anchor in the back line. And that was one of the issues last week that he said, the we played this new formation. Uh, the guys weren't used to it. So now you're going to throw in someone that's never played in that position, use a formation that you typically don't use uh, at all. So, yeah, I doubt it. So I'm pretty sure, you know, we'll see the return of a 4-3-3, something more familiar. Um, you know, I, I honestly think it's just got to be Haglia Madrid uh, as center backs. Um, King, I would like to see Bob. Well, just, yeah. just to speak on the Sivet and um, Sivet and Madrid side, I have heard that in general they, there were good feelings about how they played in that game against Sacramento on the Wednesday that, you know, they – they took a lot of positives out of that and the coaching mm-hmm. staff were quite impressed with how it looked. So overall, I, I could definitely see that as a pairing. Um, yeah. yeah, no, and I, and I wasn't blown away, but, you know, I could see why the, the coaching staff would, you know, would be positive in regards to that. Um, and, you know, talking about the Tampa Bay game, I felt like Haugley was maybe a little bit too aggressive at times. Uh, Madrid always brings the physical aspect when it comes to that. But I think the formation, just due to the lack of speed, I can, I think it kind of exposed all three of them, you know, if we're talking about that back line uh, as far as the speed and, and being caught on counters and, and decision making. So, yeah, I, I think if they go back to that, you know, back line of four, it'll definitely help Haugley and, and Madrid. You know, he's played there and. I think he's pretty comfortable there. So um, as far as the midfield, no Lambert, no Quinn. Uh, who are you kind of envisioning there if we are kind of going with this 4-3-3 lineup? To me, the the choices there, I'd say I, I expect that you'll see Luis will remain mm-hmm. in the lineup. I expect that Arturo will be in there. To me, the other midfielder, if you're going for someone there, is probably Joey Calistri. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that central midfield is Joey's best position by any stretch. However, I do see that, you know, again, when you're struggling for personnel and missing a guy like Aiden Quinn, I feel like that's the kind of position that Rising is going to be put in. And mm-hmm. and Joey in that kind of a position will be expected to, you know, kind of awkwardly fill at times almost maybe a defensive role. Um, yeah. I, I don't necessarily see Angiano starting that game, maybe off the bench. I mean, and the other question here... That, yeah. Here's where, you know, let's if we're talking about the midfield, let's talk about the field. What does Jonah Levin have to do to get a game? Uh, what does he have to do to get a game? He has to sit on the bench and wait for Rising to score five, and then he'll go in for the last maybe five minutes. I don't get it either. He, I don't get it either. The problem, right? Because, uh, and we're talking at times about, especially with the injury problems that they've got at the moment, they're lacking that bite in midfield. And that's yeah. not something you're going to get from Carlos. Mm-hmm. Carlos has a role, but it's not that. Mm-hmm. And so... When you feel like you know you're losing sometimes the midfield battle, what do you do? To me, you bring someone on who is going to be more physical. Yeah. And that out of the currently available options is Jonathan Levin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. Yet, no, we're not seeing him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, man. Like it's I feel like granted he hasn't, you know, had the the most playing time, but Put him in there. See what works. You know, you're down to your last kind of <laughs> guys here on the bench. So might as well just use him, especially if you're going to put Anguiano in there. Because when Anguiano's there, he'll take care of the ball. He'll distribute it. He'll, you know, recover some balls. And as far as some duels uh, on the ground, I'm not saying uh, <laughs> uh, aerial duels, but you need to pair him with someone like a Lambert, like a like a Jonah. Uh, I know Seijas has been doing a great job, uh, Rodriguez, but... 
if they lose the ball and they're not able to recover that ball quickly, um, it, it really exposes Anguiano because physically he's not the he's he's quick, but he's not as far as speed. He's not going to catch up to guys, especially someone like a Nico Brett. Physically, he's going to get overpowered. So it's I think Rick has to be really careful when to use him because if they get exposed on those counters, we've seen how Rising does not do a great job covering those. So yeah, but. You know, I mean, if if nothing else is working, just give it a go. Put Jonah in there, Angiano in there. We'll see. Why not? Um, Why not check Jonah out there? Yeah, no, I do agree with you. With with say he has Rodriguez and Kalistri. I said this on Tuesday. I don't. Kalistri is not my favorite guy to have in the midfield, but there's nobody else. So mm-hmm. uh, no. And to, to Pat's point here, look, I'm not suggesting that you start Jonah Levin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just suggesting that at some point he's got to actually get called for something. Um, I mean, if anything, you know, you're getting routed 5-1 and you've got a guy who has barely played in a season and a half on the bench who could actually add a bit of bite to the midfield. And you mm-hmm. don't bring him on as a sub, you know? It, I, yeah. I know there are lots of things. There are lots of moving parts in this. It's not as simple as just, you know, just Chuck Levin out there. But <laughs> at some point, you just have to think, how do you get him involved? Because... If you're going to, you know, you could trot the season and a half thing out all the time. Why is he here if you don't want him at some point to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, no. You've got to get him playing to get over that. Yeah, especially, uh, look what uh, Thomas says. Yeah, no, nah, start that fool at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the midfield's got to do their job, like, uh, to Pat's point. The fullbacks will be key. They can't be getting caught up. Brett will run right past the CB. So, and I, I agree I with you. Agree. And... Uh, as harsh as this is going to sound, I don't think Darnell King has been doing a great job this season doing that. So, you know, with Darnell, when, when I'm, when I'm out there on the, watching the games, it's like, I I feel like he feels, uh, he doesn't understand maybe what role he's supposed to do because last game against Tampa, I, I honestly didn't even see him put in a cross it's. And if he's not doing that offensively, defensively, you know, he was caught up as well. So it's like, like, well, that was a very strange. I, I'll say this now. I thought the flood also really struggled <laughs> with positioning on time, or, or just didn't. It, it just felt weird. They were very, very, very aggressive. Yeah. Last week, and I wonder if you know when we're talking about the familiarity and all of that kind of stuff about that tactic, whether that mm-hmm. played in at all there. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird yeah. one, isn't it? No, no. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, they're going to be key in this game for sure. Um, up top, you know, I'm, I think Rick should just put out, you know, the A team <laughs> as far as the, the forwards are concerned and just throw out Marcus Epps, Greg Hurst and, and Santi Moore. And I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad, but we haven't really talked about Repetto at all. Like I know he's gotten a few minutes, but that's but the problem. Think, yeah. That's the problem with being a striker on a team when you've also got another striker on the team who is in form. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. No, and and it's tough, you know, because I, I, you know, obviously he was playing a lot during the early part of the season. Now he's competing with Antwi, you know, for maybe that substitution forward. And you know, Antwi scored. Uh, Repetto hasn't scored in quite a while, and and I know Antwi scored in garbage time, basically. But it's uh, it's tough, man. Like it, you know, you're right when it comes to strikers. Like if they don't have that confidence and they're not firing in all cylinders, it's really hard for you know for them to to get that starting position, especially when someone like Hurst is continuing to not only score goals, but be part of the offense, not just wait for the ball to come to him. He, he really gets involved. And that's something I think Rick and the coaching staff has really, have really noticed. 
Yeah, I I just think that you know, you've got to start Greg Hurst. There's no question. I don't think anyone would at all disagree with that. You have to start Greg Hurst in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the wingers, though, and I mean, we, we're we talking about the when Santi going to step up. Well, Santi, I think, has to play for the very simple reason he's going to a former club. Um, I I want to see him on the pitch. I know that this is a game that means something to him, mm-hmm. and I think that. If he's not on the pitch, then Rising's missing something uh, as a result. I think that other than that, I mean, in the situation they're at with players and who they've got available there, I think that Epps probably does have to start that game. Um, again, there's, there's questions about how much time you give him, but at the moment, who do you replace him with? Especially when you're in a situation whereby you've got to drop people like... Um, you got to drop people like Kalistri back into the midfield probably because mm-hmm. of injuries elsewhere. It kind of puts you in an awkward position there, doesn't it? Yeah, no, no, for sure. And and that's why I was suggesting um, like on Tuesday. I was like, I don't know, man. If, if Epps continues to not play up to this potential and definitely Hurst doesn't get in the help he needs, it might be time to look elsewhere. So just throwing that out there. You know, you don't you guys don't have to agree. I'm just saying. Um, all right, we'll move on to the predictions for the game, Owen. Uh, oh. in the chat, let me know. Oh, so oh. yes, you had you had your prediction. You go first. Go on. You go first. Okay. You go first. So I'm going with the two-one rising victory. I think they're going to step up. They're going to go down one-zero, and then they're going to score twice in a row. So that's what I'm feeling. I feel like so I couldn't bring myself to bet against rising in this one. <laughs> so I'm going with rising. I think though that rising. Will- ultimately defensively is still shaky enough that I think it'll be a free two win mm. rather than a two one win. Yeah. I still yeah. don't personally want anything to do with any kind of a shootout <laughs> game because I worry that rising will concede more goals than they can score, but you don't trust in Lunt to, to come through again. Oh, Ben Lunt is look, we can't even question Lunt. I don't think on the performances that he's put in this season, the problem yeah. is that some of those saves he shouldn't have had to have made them. That's true. That's true. Would you be okay in chat? Feel free to, to chime in in here. Would you be okay with coming away with the with the tie? You know, maybe not even yeah. a pretty tie, like like a zero yeah. zero. For, like from a, a rising perspective, you go away from home and you get a draw, especially against a rival. A draw away from home against a rival is always a good result. Mm-hmm. You beat them at home, you draw them away. Now, if you can win, it's huge. But a draw in itself should be sufficient. I don't know. It's Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If there are able to get a positive... some of the, there is the same in the chat at the moment. There is some confidence in there in terms of a free one. There's a two one, and then there's Rob saying that you know about the over on goals and that's it. Michael says two all. Pat says two all, but barely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a real mixed bag. People at the moment, aren't they? They don't really know quite what they feel like. Uh, I definitely see a lot of goals there, which is not what Rising have been able to do lately. So, um, except yeah. San Antonio, they put three on them. That's true, but you know, you look at let's look at the other only one on on Tampa Bay, none against Sacramento, none against Galaxy. So, I mean, past maybe what 15, 20 days. So we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do. Um, yeah, I I think. If they come away with the tie, I'd be really happy. But if they are able to get those three points, and like you're saying, definitely away against a rival, it's going to make up for the fact that they lost against Tampa and they're able to get some points on the road. So, um, Not to I, mention, beating them three times in a season is a, uh, is a big And they play once more after that, right? 
No, no, no season series. Nope. nope, that's it. Unless they meet in the playoffs. There you go. There you go for sure. All right. So yeah, looking for, forward to that one. Let's see the chat here. We got uh, Michael two two extra time equalizer. Uh, with their away form, you get a draw and you take it and be happy. So yeah, no, I agree with that for sure, Pat. All right, y'all, let's take a quick break and talk about our friends at OG's brand. So if you guys haven't, make sure to stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. They have different flavors like blackberries and cream and watermelon. I love the pineapple one. I've said that numerous times now. So if you guys haven't tried it, make sure to try it. Uh, And they're perfect if you're in the mood for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica. So whatever you're, uh, you're in the mood for. You got either cho- uh, either options here. And if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. All right, Owen. So speaking, I was going to say, yes, speaking of someone who must have been high, maybe Uh-oh. we should talk about uh, a certain New Mexico United captain, at least he was at the time, and some comments that he made in the past because let's hear him let's see should we go back to the old comments here so josh suggs Mm -hmm. speaking about phoenix rising this goes back to 2019 now okay and the quote i'll read the quote here for me the thing that drives me nuts is that phoenix rising is the anti-new mexico united everything that we're about they are the opposite they are the individual and we are the collective and i can't that team bothers me and i'm not afraid to say that so that's what Josh Suggs had to say wow. on Phoenix Rising in 2019 after that two-all draw, the big two-all draw with the celebration there and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we've also got some stats here just to show the form of Rising against New Mexico ever since those comments were made about the collective. So let's have a look. So the collective have zero wins, mm. but the individuals have four. And by quite a margin there as well, when you look at the goals, 11 to 5, 74 shots to 52 there, 23 on target, 13 on target. Yeah, it's... The collective haven't been holding up, have they? Yeah, collectively, they've been really bad. (laughs) So, (laughs) geez, man. So The collective can't hold that together, can they, really? No, no, not at all. That's, That's something. I mean... I, I like this rivalry. Like the more I'm like getting involved with it, like the more I see why, you know, fans are both fan bases are so passionate about it, especially when someone like a player like that is, is saying, it's talking smack about rising. So, I, I mean, they got to show it on the field, you know, otherwise he can't and be it, talking. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that there were three games before that as well, which all ended in draws. So New Mexico. And uh, yes, again, I will stake this claim as I do every single time. A game that is decided by kicks from the mark is a draw. Mm. It's not. No one's won that. So is that like the only draw. thing they have against Rising? That yeah, they did it once in a cup game back in 2019. Oh. So that's the best yeah. that they can muster on that. Again, laws of the game. Go look it up. <laughs> kicks from the mark take place after the game has ended. It's not Owen talking. Those are the rules. So yeah, laws, <laughs> laws. Oh, there you go. There you go. Laws of the game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's New Mexico have never actually won a match against Phoenix Rising, and that's yeah, a streak that this team is going to hope they can keep running on uh, on the weekend. Even if I know I went for a win, I, I feel like, and this is perhaps the question I guess to to you and to the chat as a whole, which is that. That streak of never losing to New Mexico, 
even if we're predicting the win, are we really that confident in it? Are we that confident it won't happen after what we saw last weekend, at least? <sighs> hmm. It's it's really hard. I think like we're all shell shocked <laughs> because of the combination of results this weekend. And I keep saying the Suns because I feel like collectively as a city, it just brought everybody down. You're now up that collective again, are you? Oh my god! <laughs> but seeing that five one, just I think it put a lot of questions more than before. A lot of question marks where it's like, is this rising? You know, I definitely think they're good enough to beat New Mexico three times in a year. No problem. Four times even if they get to the playoffs. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But the way that they're playing, you feel like the floodgates are like holding on. And if something goes wrong, it's just going to explode. And if that happens, you know, we saw what, what, you know, what results rising is capable of giving up. So that's my only worry. If they're able to play to how we know we can, they can play, then there shouldn't be any problem beating this team. I don't think New Mexico is that much of a threat to, to beat rising. And if, you know, if they do lose, then, you know, we won't talk about it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that rising has everything they need to get this result, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I think that they will. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm just that bit worried. Yeah. A little bit concerned. I think the form recently kind of shakes you up a bit there and you you never know. You never know. It's that's, that's the thing about football, isn't it? You know, you really never know. Never know for sure. And when a game uh, is ultimately decided, you know, by often one or two goals and it's, they're rare. It's just individual moments where one thing goes mm-hmm. your way and another thing goes another. It's yeah. Complicated. All right, Owen, let's talk a little bit of USL action around the league. Yesterday, there were a total of four games on a Wednesday night. I was able to catch a, a few of them. Um, I was able to catch the El Paso game. They beat uh, Sacramento. Sacramento uh, got a red card really late in the game, got a little testy there. Um, so not not a good look there. But uh, Miami tied at home with Detroit. I believe Miami got like a last-second goal, if I'm correct. Detroit had it. We're leading for most of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. 90 plus five. That bet that I was telling people to go put on Detroit was yeah. not looking too bad. <laughs> Until the final minutes there in, Until in the Miami. final minute. Literally 90 yeah. plus five. Yeah. And I and I remember I said Detroit and Galaxy were gonna win. And if you listen to me, I am very sorry because Memphis, you know, put five goals on Galaxy, which is I don't even I'm just throwing up my hands with Galaxy too. I don't even know what, what team you're gonna get. I, and I yeah, think- yeah. Five nil. I, I, you know what? That's the thing. I know that this team changes every so often. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird watching Galaxy Two. You never quite know what they're going to bring out. But mm-hmm. is it me, or does that just kind of make it feel worse that Rising lost three nil to Galaxy Two? Yep, they exactly. went out to play in Memphis on the baseball pitch, which is utterly atrocious <laughs> and probably not level even uh, around the mound yeah. area, and they got. Absolutely smacked five nil. Like they beat Louisville, and I was like, "Heck yeah! See, we're not that bad. Or Rising's yeah, not yeah. that bad." But then they go and do this. Now, granted, Galaxy, the main, their first team, did have a game as well. Um, so they probably maybe called up a, a few guys there. But Richard Sanchez was back in goal, so that's what I said last time when when they played Rising. He, you know, he's prone to a few mistakes, and I think he could have done better in a few of those goals. So, and you know what else, lad? On that yep. game, mm-hmm. David Egbo with a goal in there. Shout out Ooh, to the rising player, David Egbo. I think he scored the last one, right? Oh he did gosh. indeed. 
There you go. Uh, Birmingham Legion and uh, tied with Vegas. Uh, Vegas kind of cooled off a lot. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Yeah, but, but I mean, but I mean, you go away to Birmingham. That's a good result for lights. That's yeah. not too. You crazy. know, that's a tough place to go away and play mm-hmm. and come away with a result, especially if it's nil nil there. Yeah, I don't know. For sure. Uh, we're going to wrap up here the the preview of the this weekend's action. So uh, San Antonio against Colorado got postponed. Uh, Colorado's dealing with some COVID issues, if I'm correct, Owen. Um, and uh, we got some really exciting games. Uh, Orange County was coming off their own uh, 5-0 victory. Uh, they will be hosting El Paso. Louisville will be hosting Monterey. Um, Tampa Bay Rowdies against the Riverhounds. That one looks pretty fun. We'll see if that, that could be a fun game. I think that could be a fun game. And I think mm-hmm. that the Orange County against El Paso one's an interesting one as well to me there. Some of the others not quite as enticing, but <laughs> those are the two I think that kind of grab my eye on that one. San Antonio, Colorado Springs would have been one, but of course yeah. that game not going ahead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hopefully everybody's healthy. I know COVID's still around, so just, just make sure to stay healthy. Um, I do want to point out Indy 11 will be hosting New York Red Bulls too, the baby bulls. You know, what do you, what do you think about, uh, Solomon Asante making the debut that game? I don't think he will. It's, it's, he's only just started training. It'll be a little while, really? but I, I think that it's still going to be a very weird one when we see him in a, mm-hmm. in a shirt that's for a USL team. That's not Phoenix rising. It's going to be a, the only thing that's almost disappointing is that, you almost wish that he'd been on one of the Eastern teams that were coming here to Phoenix just because, you know, I, I know there are a lot in the fan base who, who wanted their chance to say goodbye and, and didn't ever yeah. feel like they really got that, especially because, you know, they were hanging on, hanging on, hanging on as though, is he going to come back? Will he come back? Please, can he come back? And no, he ultimately didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, if he sticks I, around another just, year, we'll probably do some maneuvering. So he'll show up. <laughs> But you know, you just you almost wish that he could have had the opportunity to come to Wild Horse Pass, mm-hmm. you know, and and be able to have his goodbye from the crowd. Then, yeah, probably you know on the back of a loss, they'd hope. But uh, <laughs> maybe maybe if Indy we'll get a video one, though, like nice, I would have been quite as nice. Um, but <laughs> for sure, uh, Memphis uh, will be visiting Loudon. Uh, Memphis, 22 points. They're in third place right now in the Eastern Conference. So if they're able to get a W there, they're going to be fighting for that top spot. So keep an eye on that. Indeed. All right, Owen. Uh, so, yeah, we, we got a few minutes left here. But, you know, there, there was some breaking news. We talked about this uh, when we started the show regarding Valley United and their situation over there at Nisa. So uh, you're a lot more knowledgeable. I'll just give you my opinions, you know, once you speak about it. But, yeah, the, what's, what's going on over there? So, uh, yeah, so Valley United appear to have kind of gotten themselves into a bit of trouble. Uh, today, you know, well, two days ago, just to give the, the background to this, they posted a joint statement with the league talking about how there was some, some problems that they'd had with the roster, some internal roster issues. Today, it's come out, and according to a league statement and other reporting that came shortly before from protagonist, there were allegations of uh, breaking immigration laws, specifically registering people who, well, to quote the protagonist, to put this out, that there were uh, papers filed with US soccer that weren't uh, accurate. Mm. So, yeah, Valley United have had to release six players. 
they are having to now, as was described by uh, Misa, cooperate with the IRS and the Department for Home- of Homeland Security. You never want to um, hear those three letters together. And- they have had to forfeit every league game they've played so far. So that's six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the men- players mentioned in the protagonist article did play in the Open Cup match against Phoenix Rising. Mm-hmm. I have reached out to the US Soccer Federation and I'm yet to get a reply. Uh, obviously, this news broke fairly late today, so that's understandable. Um, it's it's strange, isn't it? Really strange. And and now Valley United are down to a 16-man squad because that's all they've got left. Yeah. So from the article that you know I read about it, uh, there, there's a certain amount of amateur players that can be on the team, right? But they, if they, they don't have residency status or whatever immigration requirements are needed to to be able to play, they, they had players that were here on a tourist visa, but they were being paid under the table and some sort of wanky, like crazy stuff going on. Without getting into the specifics, because on this one, again, we're going off the basis of one okay. report, piece of reporting that, yeah. you know, we can't independently verify. But here's what we do know, at least, which is that, yes, NISA allows amateur players you can name up to four per matchday squad. Mm-hmm. Now, those amateur players can be international amateurs. So mm-hmm. the re- rationale for that would be that NISA can't in itself sponsor P visas. So those are visas specifically to come and, and be a player. Now, the way you get around that then is, okay, if you've got people who are doing other things or they're working another job or whatever, they can still play for you technically. Okay. Um, it, now, now, this is where it gets into it then, which is, well, what have they been doing? How have they been fiddling with these books behind the scenes? And And what we do know at least is that the head coach and general manager of Valley United have both had to resign and leave the club. Um, the the broader statement from Nisa mentioned something. I'm going to get the wording up now exact because it's... I, I really don't understand quite what this means, but just I'll read the quote out. Moving forward, mm-hmm. the club is working under a spirit of transparency clause that takes accountability not blame for these unfortunate circumstances, as well as a promise to exude better business practices in the future. What do you mean you're not taking the blame as a club? Yeah. Accountability, not blame. What is this nonsense? Look, look, if, and and this is the thing now, Nisa themselves are saying that there are allegations of uh, breaches of US immigration law. We're talking about very serious offenses here. Not stuff for some someone to come out and say, oh, well, we're not taking the blame. We're just being accountant. What? Yeah. No, not not a good look at all. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated uh, on, on what happens with this. But yeah, definitely uh Valley United in some hot water. Um, you know, like Owen saying it's one article and you know, everything's not verified. So you know, take the it league with- statement, oh. at least that's that's a concrete step towards we do kind of know what's going on there in in one sense. Um, they've had to forfeit six games, which they'd actually won free and drawn free. So they had twelve points. They're in a good spot. And they're back down to they're back down to no points now with a minus eighteen goal difference, negative eighteen goal difference. So yeah. <laughs> Not, not a good and, one. you know, they, they could, and this is it's in the U.S. Open Cup handbook, that, you know, if you field an eligible player, you are subject to fines and other problems there. So, look, it 
they're not going to declare the game a forfeit because Rising won, but yeah. and it's a cup game. But it doesn't mean they won't might not be fined. It doesn't mean they might not have their performance bond seized. You know, yeah. all, all of those kind of fun things. But and also, uh, if I'm correct, the head coach and general manager stepped down too. Yeah, they've gone. This, so. They're out. Yeah, yep. so a, 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 a big mess over there. So yeah, we'll keep you updated to see what happens on this for sure. Everyone's favorite soap opera, Nisa. <laughs> Nisa. Um, all right, y'all, before we wrap up today's show, I do want to talk to you about DraftKings. So the NBA playoff action is in full effect, and it is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Uh, you can also play uh, DraftKings with same-game parlays, and you can just do that uh, and add multiple legs. Uh, when you're trying to bet right now, all customers that place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a uh, can get a free bet up to twenty five dollars back if one leg doesn't hit. So definitely a great uh, uh, promotion there. So if you guys haven't yet, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, bet five dollars on any NBA team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You do have to be 21 and over to play. Uh, to gamble, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Oh, well, you man. know, I think to Thomas's comment there that he plays copious amounts of career mode so he can turn that team around. I think that we need to get the, the collective of football manager players here among our... Uh, among our group, and I think that together we could definitely lead them to glory, even from a no points in six game. <laughs> hey, you know, if you guys can do that, with a 16 team squad. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, and uh, uh, Eric Winaldo is somehow involved now. So it's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> Nisa's just going to be Nisa. Who even knows anymore? Nisa <laughs> is a mess. Oh, for sure. All right, so let's uh, get away from that Nisa talk and talk about it's a big week to this week with uh, a lot of results. So I'll talk to you, uh, Owen, about the uh, the Europa uh, League final, uh, Frankfurt over Rangers. Uh, were you able to catch some of that game? I did. I did catch the uh, second half of extra time and the mm. uh, kicks from the mark there. But yeah, not not great. Yeah. So Frankfurt takes the victory and also the Europa League title. So uh, I mean, you know, I think. Penalties are always fun. So uh, I think it was kind of, you know, I felt bad for, for Rangers because they were taking the kicks in their uh, supporters section and they still lost. And so you could just see all the their faces and all this stuff. So, yeah, oh, definitely. You, you mean you're not, ha- I, I personally have got no real interest in seeing Rangers win anything. So, hey, it's, okay. it's good for me. Uh, and hey, it also managed to avoid certain Orange County uh, people tweeting about them in a way that, Kind of just brings out the dregs, so that's yep. always a positive. <laughs> um, a really good game today with Everton, um, avoiding relegation. I don't know if you're able to catch that game, but uh, Everton were down 2 0 uh, to Crystal Palace and they came back and scored three times to get the victory. So, shout out to all uh, to the Everton fans over there. Yeah, they they jumped on the field after the third goal. I don't, <laughs> if, uh, I don't know if anybody caught that, but that was that was pretty fun, pretty fun to see. Uh, besides that, we got some Liga MX semifinals. That's why I'm wearing my my shirt. There we go. With Club America, they're facing off against Pachuca. They're in the semifinals there in Mexico. Uh, and yesterday, Atlas beat 
Tigres three to zero. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. Pachuca actually are the teams that that beat America in the last uh, round of Liga MX playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, Owen, and I'll keep you updated. So that way, you, I'll get you an America shirt too. We can all be uh, America fans here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a lot of action yesterday, too, with MLS. LA, LAFC robbed of a pen in the closing minutes of last night. I did see that, actually, uh, Alex. Yeah, the they went to VAR, Owen, and, uh, you know, I know you are you do some refereeing on the side, but they went to VAR. It was a clear and obvious penalty, but for some reason it wasn't called. So what's the point of VAR <laughs> if they're not going to? You've got to – I haven't seen it. I can't comment on that one. I really yeah. don't know. The thing that really intrigued me and – all the all the decisions in this one at the end were correct, but the one that was really interesting was the the four red cards in stoppage time, Sporting Kansas City against Colorado uh, yeah. Rapids. Yeah, I was, poor off yeah. the NVR Rapids lads. They lost that game as well. So, uh, nah, great job, yeah, DNVR. I, I feel really bad for the DNVR <laughs> crew over there because they got to deal with the rap. I think they they won last week, and then this week they they got to face all this stuff over here. And that looked like a like a straight out brawl for a second where. They were just going to go at it. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff over there in Colorado versus um, Sporting Kansas City. So, and then Michael here. At the end of the day, though, there's only one important game happening on Saturday now. Oh, they're going to talk about the Champions League final. No, God, no, 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 no. No, it's New Mexico losing to Phoenix Rising on Saturday. That's the game. That's right. That is right. Three points. They're coming back with three points. All right, y'all. So that wraps up our show for today we will be back on saturday night with the live post game show uh hopefully with some great news for you guys so make sure to tune in there and if you haven't yet make sure to subscribe to the channel it really helps us out really helps us grow and find other rising fans like you so we always appreciate that and if you haven't yet make sure to go to our twitter and follow us there at phnx underscore underscore rising double the underscores double the fun Double the fun. That's right. Well, that is it for us tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you on Saturday. Until then, be well, be safe, and take care. Have a good night.